What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Rideshare Rodeo, gig economy news and interviews, sponsored by Para and ParaWorks. I'm your host, SJ. It's time to get it on. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of Para and Rideshare Rodeo doing a little bit on the driver's rights movement that we've talked about with you guys, uh, but we have not really jumped in um, to, to highlight some of what's going on. And even now, after the elections, the importance of this and what is going on, um, I want to introduce uh the panel that we have tonight i have uh nick here nick is a tax practitioner and also running for mayor of where ferguson missouri ferguson missouri so uh maybe a little background on that we'll get to that uh we have michelle sleet who we always love having um uh, michelle runs two of the largest doordash uh facebook groups and deals with a lot of what we all deal with when we get into this stuff about hearing just about everything from everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course we have David, uh, CEO of para and, uh, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about the driver's rights plan, uh, this week and then the following two weeks. So really want to get, make sure everybody's checking out the website, getting over there signing up maybe you already signed up get over there again just kind of refamiliarize yourself um and i think that probably the best place to start is the four basic principles so david your mic is mute okay you unmuted it yeah Um, yeah. just wanted just wanted to make sure but uh yeah so i think david walks pretty he walks us through this pretty well so let's let's start here uh yeah so Thanks for having me, Steve. As always, uh, you know, we believe, I guess, in four very basic principles to create a better gig economy that put drivers back in the driver's seat. Uh, So I'm in charge of my work. I have a say in the system. My time is valuable. I own my data. And I know sort of this is, uh, you know, we believe that, you know, all of these things should hold true. And this is really what it means to be an independent contractor, that these are your rights as an independent contractor. And that we believe the platform should honor their obligations to these rights. So I know we've been talking a lot about these four points, and we sort of had this petition that went out with a bunch of people who signed it, and not too much has happened over the last month or two. I just want to give people just a quick update about what's been in the works. Uh, we haven't just been sitting on our hands and doing nothing, so a couple things have happened. One, I've been working with a lawyer at a law firm to actually get sort of like a legal opinion on what it means to be an independent contractor and how your data and your rights should pertain to that. So like an actual proper, you know, 
law firm sign off on it with his opinion on that. And this is somebody who's done the work both for and against uh, the gig platforms previously. So an expert in the space. Uh, using that, I've also started to write, you know, the beginning of sort of a manifesto and sort of where that starts off with is sort of like the promise of gig work is broken. Here's what we need to do to make it better. And sort of uh, I'm expecting to receive a draft from this lawyer this week. We'll sort of, you know, first take a look at what he says. And from there, the next step really are is I want to make a public doc where everyone can come and drop their thoughts and give us feedback. And basically, collectively, we can write uh, what we think makes sense or what's needed for, you know, gig economy 2.0, essentially. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a great start. Um, I haven't checked recently on the tally of the signatures. I don't know if if it if it stalled out a bit or whatnot, but if so, we got to get that thing kickstarted again because that thing was moving and growing. We need to get more drivers signed on to this, and uh, I think that uh, I guess let's let's uh, go over to Nick and Nick. I, I mean, David just described the four basic principles. Um, how do you how, how do you see what what we need next as gig workers? Well, I, I've been self-employed for almost my entire life. Um, I was a freelance IT consultant for several decades. And back then, there was never a question of me owning my business and controlling my data, because it was mine. And what we've gotten into with these gig companies is people are nominally independent contractors, but they really don't have any control. And part of that is because of the structure of the system. And part of it is just that people don't know what they're doing. They sign up for DoorDash, the acceptance rate comes up in red and they think, ooh, I'm in trouble. And they start running orders for 275 a piece. So, you know, there's education components and there's also structural components. And I think we need to deal with both of them. So if, if as a start and as a big start, um, I guess I'll ask you first, Michelle, is uh, yeah. if if full transparency were shown, like we're starting to see upfront pricing for Lyft, Uber. Yes. Um, if full transparency were presented on every order, being an independent, being a traditional independent contractor myself before these gig economy apps um, and really working for myself, understanding the IC status, I'm happy with that. Like I would be very, would, would, would you be happy with seeing everything up front and would you feel like you had anybody to blame if you didn't like the offers? Oh, right. I, I'm 100% for seeing everything up front. Uh, I think that we have a right to know before we drive 10, 15 miles into a no man's land of what that job is going to pay us. And I wholeheartedly, in fact, it's one of my standard lines back to many of our members uh, when they can't make any money and they're taking two, 225 orders and 250 orders. And I say, know your self-worth. Uh, then, And maybe this isn't for you. If this is your market, this isn't for you. And I, but, and I think DoorDash has, if we're just talking DoorDash, now, as we know, Uber Eats hides tips as well. 
and in fact, they hide them much better. Uh, and you know, I asked, um, you know, just I asked a lot of people. Uh, they don't they don't take Uber Eats because they're just too far. So I think that their their off their uh, food doesn't even get picked up uh, because people just aren't going to drive nineteen or twenty on a, on a blind item, not mm -hmm. knowing what they're going to make, but just getting staying on task and getting back to it. I know for a fact, other than me and other people who I have patience and I'm out there to make money and I'm out there for my for my hours, which is probably about eight hours a day. But a lot of folks, they only have an hour or two. So they just take whatever they can get. Right. They just they just take it and and they take it and it's almost like gambling. I'm going to take it because I may not get another order. Uh, it's. And they don't, they're not valuing their self-worth. And um, tonight when I knew I was only going to be out for two hours, I waited and waited and waited by one of our best steakhouses in town. And lo and behold, I got a $53 order. So mm -hmm. uh, that, that made my night. But I threw, I th yesterday I threw away 80 orders to get one. And, uh, and I was telling you earlier today, uh, there's a, been a tide changing in our groups uh, people patting themselves on the back for acceptance rate and people sending yes. in and being proud of 95 to 100 percent acceptance rates. And I will say to them, I'll be the first one to write because I've approved their post. <laughs> and I'll say, what? Why are you taking everything? And then they'll come back and be defensive and say, well, I'm choosy. Uh, no, you're not being choosy if you're taking 100 percent. How can you be choosy? You're taking everything. But see, yep. this gets this gets back to the education aspect because exactly. these people are losing money every time they get in their car. Yes, they are. And if I want to do charity work, it's not going to be for DoorDash. No. Right, right. Nick is one. Of, Nick and I. Uh, Nick had already started when I started, and we became fast pals. And uh, he was my no tip, no trip guru. <laughs> Seems to be a lot of those out there. They're, you yes. know, and, and for good reason. I mean, you know, I, I, I gotta say guys, I, I can see that, you know, not to get too far off subject here, but I can see both sides of the tipping aspect because coming from the service industry, myself working in bars and restaurants, my whole last 30 years, I can tell you that the tip comes after the service. However, this is a different setup. And the tip comes before in this case. And because it comes before for most people, it somewhat becomes the new tip that's expected for gig platforms is to do it up front. Well, let's be honest, Steve. The tip usually doesn't come after the service. No, yeah. I meant in the traditional. Be right. I, in a restaurant, it yes. does. If you're doing DoorDash and that order doesn't have a tip on it, yeah, you're, are, not, you're getting not getting one. one. Yeah. So the, the people and on who... Uber, you could, and I know that some people say this doesn't happen as much, but tip baiting does happen. Yes. Um, people are able to put in a tip, and I think it's I think it's actually ridiculous that I used to think this when I did rideshare all the time too. Is that I thought it was ridiculous that. I thought it was nice you had 48 hours after the trip to add a tip, but I thought it was ridiculous that you could remove a tip for w just by checking a checkbox that you just didn't want a tip. So you want to take it out. 
yeah, you know, would, after the fact, it's it's not okay. Well, we well, you're effectively working for the tip, right? I mean, we see in our own data that you know, sixty to sixty-five percent of a dasher's income, and this is average across a large number of dashers, is tip, right? So the reality is, most of your pay is the tip, and you're working for the tip. Uh, just right. I think a lot of people don't realize that on sort of both sides. But I, I sort of like sort of the question you said, which is like, hey, let's say that you get full transparency and what's great is like you are starting to see a movement towards there. Uh, is that really enough? And I like what Nick said earlier is I was sort of, I had transparency around things, but I always knew I was in charge of my work. And I think that's really uh, one thing here that we're really trying to highlight is the idea that as these platforms and your work opportunities have become more technologically advanced, what's important is to be able to have technology that works sort of on behalf of the individual driver uh, for yourself, right? So I think, you know, having full transparency on the tip is great, but really what it means to be an independent contractor, not just having full transparency in it, is really having competition for your time, right? So the idea that, you know, my time is valuable. And just in the way that the apps are designed right now, there's just so much friction purposely to make it so that you really can't have that competition for your time. And I think that's why we have these principles together, right? Is the idea that, uh, you know, you should be able to have that true competition for your time. And the way to do that is, you know, to be able to say, hey, I want all my data in one feed. I want to get all my options in one place. I may be a little crazy, but I think it even goes beyond that, right? Is the idea that you, your work history is yours. It should belong to you. You should be in charge of your work profile, right? Uh, it shouldn't be hard. I would love Nick's thoughts on this, right? For you to file taxes or get all the information you need to calculate what you made in a year across the different platforms there. And I think that's really where I'm trying to push towards is like, if you're an IC, you own your profile, you own your work history, it should be easy for you to access that and you're in charge, not sort of the way it is the opposite way right now. Well, I, and I, I don't want to hijack the whole show with uh, talking about taxes, which I totally could. But um, a, a lot of the problem with taxes is, the, is that people don't know what they're doing and it costs them a lot of money. Um, and, I, and I think these gig companies have some level of responsibility you know, when I signed up for DoorDash, I was already a tax practitioner and it was the off season and I was sitting on my front porch and I was bored and I was like, oh, well, I got nothing to do this evening. Let's load up DoorDash and see what happens. And 15 minutes later, I was in my car going to pick up somebody's food. Now, I'm a tax practitioner and I, you know, I do continuing education and, 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 and all sorts of things. So I know what to do with this. Your average Joe that was sitting on his front porch drinking a beer and loaded an app on a lark doesn't have a clue. And he's going to get to the end of the year. He's going to get his 1099. He's not going to have the appropriate business records that the IRS wants, and it's going to cost him a ton of money. Um, and honestly, they're, you know, DoorDash makes you go through all these little videos before you can start driving. They ought to make you sit through a 10-minute video on what you need to do with your taxes or you're going to be in big trouble next April or whenever the IRS figures out what's going on. And they don't because you're independent and they don't care. 
Well, I, I can, I, I would interject this and I'm not, this isn't coming to the defense. I'm just playing devil's advocate here that traditional ICs don't get that handheld walkthrough and everything they do too to about their taxes. But what I will say, being an Uber driver, I have had some very serious um, discussions with people around the country, one specifically here in Denver, um, who who had some challenges. He was on the spectrum and this was during the pandemic and he was doing rideshare to help um, his mom and him pay the rent. And when taxes came around in January, is it the form K and then the other form? He got confused because he saw Uber showing two different earnings amounts. And so he's kind of thinking like, wait, what? And he claimed the wrong one. Now, in claiming the wrong one, he lost all of his PUA and then times like another 100%. He basically had to pay back all the PUA plus another 100% of that for screwing up these taxes and putting the wrong number in. And my thing becomes... I think there could be tax reform that makes taxes much more easier to understand for everybody. But I don't understand why something like Uber does this. I, I don't understand it. I mean, I do because they're trying to say you're the independent contractor. These, But if I'm the independent contractor, wouldn't I be able to look up every one of my clients? Wouldn't I be able to look into every single record? And I don't have that ability when they send me these double sets of records. And I think you're spot on there, Steve, right? Which is exactly his idea is like a lot of the time the platform is very conveniently say, hey, we can't tell you how to do your taxes because you're an IC. We can't tell you what the policy is for you being dispatched trips because you're an IC. But when it comes to other things like what benefits the driver as an IC, we're going to, you know, not wipe our hands of that or we're not going to honor our obligations right so it's sort of this you know yeah well i mean when you're an ic but when when you're driving for uber you are an ic but your your client isn't the person in your car your client is uber so well you you have your uber likes it to be that it's not uber that it's the person or or uber in uber's perspective technically you're uber's client right is actually how they view it i mean you know who that person is that's that's uber's customer and uber you're an individual you're not getting a 1099 from that guy that's in your car you're getting a 1099 you're getting two 1099s from uber and by the way there's a reason for that Uber is doing both payment processing and providing bonuses. The bonuses are on a 1099 NEC because those are monies coming directly from Uber. The 1099K is the same thing you get if somebody's sending you money through Cash App. If you get over 600 bucks in Cash App this year, you're going to get a 1099K. And the deal with that is it may or may not be income and you have to explain to the IRS what that money is. See, and that's, that's where I think one of the big problems comes in because, okay, if I were, if, if Knockwood, I were to get audited, right. For my rideshare, and they come in and they're like, okay, who were all your passengers? I'd be like, I don't know. They're all under Uber's documents. Well, you have both sets of the numbers. Yeah, but I don't have any breakdown. I just have the two numbers. But weren't they your clients? Yes, indirectly. <laughs> well, the answer is no. 
and, well, and, me, and, and you don't have to tell them who your clients are, but you do have to tell them where you drove and how many miles. And there's apps that'll track that for the people that figured that out before they started driving. But I know lots of people who get to the end of the year and they're like, where can I download my miles from DoorDash? Well, right. you basically can't. So good luck with that. Right. And uh, something interesting is that I try to add content to my smaller page on a regular basis. And so I believe it was around April, um, September 15th. I said, uh, don't forget to pay your employment taxes uh, today. And the floodgates were open and they were defensive and they were negative and said, I don't have to pay taxes. My accountant told me I didn't have to pay taxes. What are you talking about? Taxes? I mean, not one person would fess up that they were going to pay taxes. Well, and what happens? Aren't you, aren't you have to pay an employment tax, right, Nick? And if you right, don't pay right. your tax, you have to pay a penalty that you did. True. And the only exception I would say is if somebody has a W-2 job and they've got enough withholding that they would normally get a refund and they're very limited in what they're doing in a gig job and it's just eating away at their refund but hasn't gotten them more than $1,000 into the red, then technically, no, they don't have to pay estimated taxes. But anybody who's doing this day in and day out, if they're not paying estimated taxes, then they're going to pay a penalty. And the reality is they're not going to have the money and they're going to get into trouble. Yeah. And that's that's what happens because uh, most people, unfortunately, they lose a tire and they're out of the game. We get that post every day too. Sure. While, while we try to inform them to have emergency funds and to take so much out of every paycheck and put it in an emergency fund account. How many of you think actually do that? But you know, I, I gotta say, and I, and it, I'm not excusing it, but it's a lot easier said than done for a lot of us. That fund is a very hard. I know a lot of gig workers and that fund is very hard to get started. Um, is, but now, does that mean that it, that should be shining a light on something bigger here? Like, Hey, if that's a problem for you, then maybe reevaluate something or build a little something more before you jump yeah. in fully, probably. Yeah. But at the same time, these are people multi-apping, just trying to get off the ground saying, I know I can get this. They start seeing their amounts growing. But then, like you said, yeah, something goes wrong. $800 car fix or something. They got, they've just saved up 600 thinking they're putting it away. All of a sudden, they don't even have enough to fix the car. You know, and now it's... I mean, it, it just it, it just seems like it's very it's very difficult to put away money in the gig economy. It's difficult to put away money in general right now, but it's very difficult to put away money in the gig economy. And um, I'm all for portable benefits, right? uh, things of those natures, too. Like, I think that stuff needs to start growing a lot. But it's even well, harder for people love to know like, what they're earning, right? People don't really know. Like, if I finish driving on a day and I'm driving three or four apps, I don't really know what I made until I go and add those up. And yet again, I also don't have net earnings, right? Uh, so I think it's just one of those where, you know, you know, you can say, hey, you should do the math. I can do the math. You should track those things. But I'll admit that, like, I'm not the most organized person sometimes, right? And I think a lot of people fall into that bucket there. And I think, you know, that's part of what we started working on, Steve, right, is the idea of that. But you know, what happens, Nick, if you don't take out your own FICA and all that? 
Well, I mean, you, right. You, then, then you, then you get to April, and look, I know people that are gig workers that just don't file their tax return. And guess what? You're racking up big penalties, and the IRS is eventually going to catch up with you, and you're you're going to have a problem now. Uh, and the Nick, problem, are, are you referring to gig workers, obviously, who have another W two? And are or, doing part well, time. if you've got another W-2, then what they're going to do is they're going to seize your refund. Right. If yeah. you're just a straight up gig worker, well, I know people who are just full-time gig workers and just like, well, I'm just not going to file taxes and we'll see what happens. Well, it's fairly predictable what's going to happen. And it takes, it takes the IRS a few years to catch up with you, but they will. And the, but it starts with the mentality that, you know, somebody goes out in the morning and loads up Instacart or or Uber or whatever they're doing, and they get to the end of the day and it says $200 on the screen, and they think, ooh, I made $200 today. Isn't that great? Well, you really didn't. You yeah. drove 100 miles, and that's $50, so you're down to 150 and then you've got to pay 30% in self-employment and income tax on that 150, which gets you down to, you know, 105. And then you've got car repairs and so on and so forth. So, you know, really, maybe you made $50 today. So what is the advice then, either Michelle or Nick, to the gig worker who really is going to give this their go? We've seen a lot of people be successful at it. We've seen a lot of people fall by the wayside. What what would the suggestion be to get started? Um, would it be to hold on to a part-time W-2 while you build a little bit of safety net? Then see if you want to cross over to full-time? Or what, what would your best advice be to... To somebody who's pretty, you feel pretty good about them stepping into the gig world. And they've got a, a plan that makes sense to you. They're going to multi-app. They've got this down. They've tried it a couple of times, but now they're ready. Well, uh, I, and I try to give this advice to everybody who I stand next to uh, when I say, hey, when they got their brand new shiny red DoorDash bag that they brought into a salad place. And I'll say, Hey, you know, I, I know that they're out for their first time and I'll, you know, I'll try to give them the whole thing about, um, you know, Hey, so is this all you're doing? Well, yes, I'm between jobs and I thought I would try it. And, uh, and I, I try to, I do try to give them the best advice and, and, uh, tell them, you know, again, what David's principles are, know your self-worth, value your time. Uh, try to do if you can't if you can't do three or four in in one hour unless of course like tonight when I got my big guy of fifty three dollars that's great and I do I I love the DoorDash large order program so I can I can be involved in that and uh, and don't try to be that top dasher and uh, fall into the DoorDash shenanigans and manipulations of taking everything because. Uh, that 250, the minute you step in your car, is no longer 250. Uh, and with gas, it almost well now it's we were saying five dollars a gallon at Ford. Okay, and that's that's another basic rule. Uh, and they'll say, okay, you don't want me taking a no tip order. How can I tell that there's a tip on my order? Well, it's in my market, it's six nothing under 625 or less because the base pays 225. $4 added to that. 
And why would you, if someone doesn't want to give you $4, the price of a gasoline, don't, don't take the order. It's not even worth it. And watch those miles. The miles are everything. And not all miles are created equal. Uh, if I take my, my three miles back into no man's land into a subdivision, that's horrible because then I'm taking three, man, three miles back out of that subdivision. But if I take a quick three mile trip right down a highway, stay right by the restaurant. So know your market. Yeah, uh, definitely. And, and I would say, and what I would add to that is keep good records. Use an app to track your mileage uh, write down, you know, write down in, in a notebook, this is the date that I went out and I drove this many miles, you know, have some sort of backup to that app um, and, and just keep very detailed records of what you're doing. I've got a guy who uh, is an independent contractor who works as a salesman and the IRS, he, he kept records. The IRS disallowed all of his travel expenses. And at the moment, we're fighting about a tax bill of $10,000. And uh, the IRS is not accommodating when you disagree with them. So you don't want to go there. Keep the records up front so that if the IRS comes calling, you've got what they need. Yeah, absolutely. You know, guys, we have a lot more to discuss on this uh, driver's right movements. Um, I, I hope that, uh, cause we'll be doing another one next week and I hope that both of you will be joining us. I don't know if he will. So here I am just throwing it out there, but hopefully both of you will be joining David and I again, because I would love to continue this conversation. I think this is a good force. Yeah. To, I wish to this would have gone on. This. I wish this would have gone on longer. So we'll make the delay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I, so yeah. I was just thinking too. There's so much to talk about. And luckily we have two more of these that we'll be doing. So Join us next week and hopefully we can bring these same people back because uh, I think that, um, again, there's a lot to cover. Even in the four basic principles, I'm looking through some of the bullet points and, you know, the manifesto that I think is awesome because that's what David and I were going to call it in the beginning when we were building this thing. Like, hey, we need to write a manifesto. You know, I don't know why that word kept sticking in our heads, but it seemed like that was what was needed. Um, but it, it really has been a pleasure and I really want to get these guys back as a whole um and hopefully maybe all three parts we could just conclude as this group we can see we can ask these guys but but until then make sure you guys check out uh driverrights.org and any links to any of our guests tonight will be in the show notes so um if you want to look up nick for his tax um for his tax purposes or you want to look up what he's doing for mayor We'll put all that in the links. Uh, we'll obviously put Michelle's two Facebook groups in the yes. links, as well as the para link that you would obviously have, but maybe some of the other socials as well as the website will all be in the show notes. So you can find them all in there. And uh, we will see you back here next week to really get into this a lot more, actually, because there's a lot more to this. But until then, if you could please go to driver rights org again it's not driver's rights it's driver singular rights.org and uh check it out i'm not even going to tell you what to do but just go check it out see if you agree see if you like transparency sign your name to it um share it share it on everything share it on reddit if you're on reddit share it on reddit please um see how long it can stay up before somebody rips it down um <laughs> driver rights is allowed on reddit just uh 
para para spandex. Yeah, don't don't add the word para next to it because they might <laughs> rip it down just for that reason alone. Um, crazy people. But anyway, we will see you back here next week. Um, I really enjoyed this, and I hope that we can continue with the same group. So thank you everybody thank for joining us. And, Thanks, Steve. Uh, Thanks, Steve. Hopefully, we'll be back here next week. <laughs>